Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. What's up, y'all? Y'all ready to keep going? Man, I'm, I'm excited. Tonight's been fun uh, already. And uh, I want to just, like in the spirit of encouragement, um, we love to encourage one another. And so we're sitting here and Quinn shares a story with us. And I'm like, you know what? The church needs to hear that. We need to celebrate and this. So as we continue tonight, I want to invite Quinn to share. Man, bring us into your experience and uh, man, what, what you're seeing God do. Sure. Um, thank you. Um, so yeah, I'm just sharing my experience from last Sunday and how the, you know, kind of meeting a new face um, turned out for a pretty crazy Sunday night. But um, I got to meet a friend, Ian, um, and his family was sitting a couple rows away from us. So uh, we were, last week, if you were here, we were talking about sharing in each other's burdens and that uh, that's the law of Christ. And so I went and uh, met his family and they said, I said, is there anything I could, you know, a burden I could lift up? And they said, yeah, we had a friend um, that fell through a roof on a construction site and was paralyzed from the midsection down. And I said, I said, man, that's crazy. I said, before I came here today, I was in Matthew 8 and I was reading. And Matthew 8, it's talking about Jesus healing uh, the paralytic. And so I just got to share with him about that. And he was telling me how he was going to go see um, the guy's friend's name was Azrael that night. And so I was like, Hey, I don't want to overstep, but I'd love to come with you if you're going down there. And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, so, so we ended up going down there, um, and sharing the story. Big J really kind of encouraged me to share about the process of even going down there. Right. So I'm going down there and I'm like, kind of starting to build this up in my head of like, man, I'm, I'm about to go down there and pray that this guy walk out of this hospital, like that he moved his legs. And I started to get a little nervous about it though, you know, and I started building it up as this, oh, this would be a big thing. And I'm trying to envision, you know, the nurses' reactions, the doctors' reactions, people's reactions to this guy just walking out. And as I start to get a little anxious about it, like the Lord just kind of just was talking to me and just reminded me like, hey, would you, would you be nervous if you were going to pray over someone's cold? And I'm like, no you know? And it, then it just, I just had a laugh because it hit me and it was like, you know, the spirit that's in me is the same in Jesus. He already rose the dead, healed the lame, made blind eyes see, like this was nothing, you know? So I kind of had to just, I was in, encountering like some spiritual warfare though, as I was driving down there of the enemy really just trying to like attack um, what was going on. And so we get down there, and one of the coolest 20-year-olds I've ever met, um, and we just get to talk with him, and he's sitting there telling me about how he's going to walk again and how uh, the doctor said that there was no chance that he would ever walk again. And then after the surgery, they're like, well, maybe there's a small chance. And so we start praying with him, and, um, you know, he's a couple days after the, the, um, the fall, and he's saying how, yeah, he was starting to regain feeling in his stomach again to where he could feel that he was hungry and he could feel a sensation in his, uh, in his left toes. And so while we didn't, I didn't see him get up and, and, and walk out of there, I just got to 
um, share with him and um, a couple of verses that like were really sticking out. Let's see. Um, it was uh, Mark 11, 23 through 24. And it says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever these things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And so we just got to, I just kind of got to, you know, stand with him in belief that like, hey, just as Jesus prayed over the fig tree, it was a day later that they saw the fig tree wither, right? It says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so um, we just got to kind of stand with him, lift him up. And then um, one of the coolest parts of the night was I'm thinking I'm just there to kind of lift up this, um, this guy that I'd never met. And so his parents come in, and so we had to leave a little early, and um, they're praying with him. His parents come out. I get to talk to his parents for like an hour. And um, they're very like spirit-filled people, and just getting to talk, talk on a number of different subjects. And it was just so cool to be able to see their experiences. Um, but we're leaving, and we're, uh, the mom is telling me how she prays in the spirit like all the time. And um, just the things that she's encountered and have happened in her life because of that. And so we're literally in the parking garage about to leave, and she just like drops her bags, and she's like, hey, like I gotta, uh, we need to pray right now. She's like, the Lord just like downloaded just a word for me to give to you about your gift and how your gift is different than my gift and you have a gift of healing. And she, she started like prophesying over me and praying over me and her and her husband are both laying hands on me. And it was like, it was unbelievable. And so it gets, it gets even crazier because she starts talking to me about this jacket, this coat that she sees being laid over my shoulders. And I'm like, I'm like, is this like a good thing? Or, you know, I'm like, <laughs> And she's like, yeah, like, um, she's talking about the blessing of it. And she said, she kept saying mantle. And I'm like, mantle? Like, I don't get it. I don't get, I'm thinking like a mantle over like a fireplace. Like, what does this have to do with a jacket? Like, I'm like, I, I'm like, okay. And so I get home and this is where I think just everything's so tied together. And it's so cool of like what the Lord's doing in this time. So I tell my wife and she's like, I know exactly what she's talking about. And she's like, in uh, Isaiah 63, or Isaiah 61, it says, uh, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the mantle of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And then it goes on, it says that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, and they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. And what was even, so this whole thing just keeps unpacking. I'm just like blown away day by day of the more I realize about this encounter is that one, um, Brittany, my wife, works with um, Street Hope and Street Hope is um, a, um, they just built Garland Oaks and it's a place for uh, minor victims of sex trafficking. And that is their verse. That is their, like, their motto. And on top of that, we had actually been prophesied verse four of that because um, we work in real estate, and so we restore homes. And so it was literally something that had already been spoken over us, and just it just blew my mind, like, of the Lord, just the blessing that was in it just from saying yes and going to do something that was a little uncomfortable, um, but just wanted to really come and share and encourage in that 
as we do get into these like awkward times of meeting a stranger, meeting a new face that, um, that the Lord's truly doing something special here. So thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, you might need that. So as we process that, uh, man, the thing for me, anytime we, we speak about healing or stepping out in the gifts, um, I don't believe that should be something that surprises us. When we see Jesus send out his disciples, actually, when you just observe the life of Jesus, you see that he was preaching the kingdom of heaven and that he was that all that preaching was being accompanied by these signs of people being healed, of demons being cast out of people, of people stepping uh, from death into life. And when he sent his disciples out and he sent them out two by two, this is prior to the great commission we know about in Matthew 28 earlier on, he sent them out to do that same ministry of healing the sick, of raising the dead, of casting out demons. And so when we begin to hear about these things and people stepping out, people experiencing healing in their life, know that that is Jesus' intention and that power comes from him. And uh, I just believe we're going to continue here to hear more stories about that. Tonight, as we get in the word, um, I want to invite you just for a moment to pray with me. We're going to be talking about the word burden tonight. We're going to be talking about our responsibilities. But I believe that this word tonight is something that's going to really challenge a view that's been ingrained with us in our, in our culture. Um, a lot of times even in, uh, in religious institutions. And, uh, and so I just want to ask that God would speak his truth very clearly and that we would leave here lighter tonight. So pray with me. Father, may we commit this time to you. And thank you for meeting us very personally. Thank you for being gentle with us, for being kind, and for walking with us, God. For not dragging us down the path, God, but being very gentle in your pursuit of us. And Father, as we explore your word tonight, as we open up scripture, God, would your spirit give us clarity as to what it's saying and how we need to move forward, Father, in our life. Thank you for being our strength. Thank you for being our rest. May we leave here lighter than we came in. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. So... I have a confession to make to you guys, just real talk. Um, I am a person that naturally is a very uh, prideful person in my flesh. Say in my flesh because the spirit gives us a new identity, makes us new. Paul, as he talked about his sin, he separated himself from that. As he was in Christ, he was a new creation. But there's this flesh thing that comes back. And when my flesh rears its head, I'm a prideful person. And I'm somebody that likes to take credit for doing things alone. And as I share that with you, I was reminded of that the other day. Um, my niece, she runs up to, to us and she calls my wife Dan Dan. So she goes up to Dan Dan and says, hey, Dan Dan, I did it all by myself. And she's talking about buttoning up her shirt or making food. And she loves to say that. She loves to say, I, I did it on my own, you know. And there's this thing where we've equated maturity with independence. And, and I, I don't think, honestly, it's, it's not a bad thing that, that our niece is learning how to put her clothes on herself and learning how to make food for herself. That is great. But I believe what begins to get ingrained in our mind and in, my, in our hearts is that, number one, life is hard. And that, number two, I need to learn how to figure this thing out by myself. 
And when we send people off, when they, when they reach, you know, kind of the end of adolescence and they step into adulthood, you know, we sit here and say, all right, it's time for you to be self-sufficient. It's time for you to be a responsible adult and take care of yourself. It's time for you to be independent. And I think the challenge that we face is that even when we begin to watch movies and all the heroes that we, that we, that we love as kids, those heroes are typically people that are painted to have carved this, this groove for themselves. They've grinded it out and they've done it on their own. But what we see Jesus teach is something far different. That the mature person in Christ is someone who has learned to be fully dependent full of faith on him. And that's the story of Quinn. Quinn is stepping into maturity as he becomes more dependent upon the Spirit's work than his. And it's going to be God sustaining this. And it's going to be God is the reason that this is going to happen. He's dependent upon him. That is maturity. But for some reason, we've, we've, we've just applauded the person who goes through and just tries to grind it out on their own. And here's the thing, here's the reason this becomes a, a challenge, okay? I have been burnt out before, I've been depressed before, I've been anxious before, I have quit before, I've wanted to die before, I've experienced those emotions in my life all the time, priding myself in the fact that I did it on my own. But I believe I got depressed withdrawing. I believe I stepped into anxiety, withdrawing. I believe that I wanted to leave this earth prematurely because I was lonely, but that distance was something that I began to step into and to create because what God's word says is that we can't actually escape his presence. And the truth of the word is that God never desires for us to be alone. But when it comes to heavy things in my life and me sitting here saying, man, it's been a hard week. I'm just stressed out. I'm just burdened. I just feel this like really heavy right now. In my prideful self, I can actually pride myself in the fact that I had a really, really heavy week. Like it really was tough and I'm still alive. I still made it out. What kill you doesn't make you strong. I mean, what kills you? Yeah, what doesn't kill you <laughs> makes you stronger. There you go. Let's get that right. Yeah, seriously, I guess it could be the other way around too. But um, here's the thing. Um, yeah, what kills you doesn't make you stronger. It's still true. I didn't lie. All right. Um, but here's the reality. Here's the reality that I've faced in my life, y'all. And this is what I began to step into this week. I had another week where I began to feel heavy doing ministry. And I got very convicted as I studied this word that that was not God's intent. That number one, it wasn't God's intent for me to try to do ministry without him because that's not his at all. But number two, the conviction began, just started to sink in that, man, yo, it's really not me. It's really not my strength that's done anything. It's all his. If there's anything good, it's Christ in me. If there's anything that's been built or established that has kingdom purpose that's going to last for eternity, it's something that was built on the foundation of Jesus, that is established by Jesus, that's going to continue to grow because of Jesus. It's not me. And so I got to this place this week where 
I was stressed because I had a gig I had to play at Friday night and I had to get the set together and I had people that I wanted to hang out with and, and, and tasks that I needed to do for work and for all these different things and I had this sermon to prepare and I just got to this place and I said, Jesus, would you help me? Oh, and it got so much lighter so fast. And Jesus gave me this picture and what is the next 25, 30 minutes that we're gonna spend together, all right? So tonight, as we continue, um, know this, all right? Number one, you're never alone. Second of all, uh, know that when it comes to your burdens, you were never meant to bear them alone. And when it comes to your responsibility, to your work, to your cargo, that was never meant for you to carry alone either. I do not believe, as I continue to look at the gospel of Jesus, that it is God's desire that we carry life on our own shoulders and that we get bogged down. I do not believe that that is what he intends for us. I do not believe that's the best for us. And I believe he wants us to be light people, freed up, ready to go. And that's what this is about. So let's start in Galatians chapter six. We're gonna stay in this passage tonight. And we're gonna zoom in on the word at the very end of verse five, but let's go ahead and read the whole thing for context. Galatians six, verse one and it starts, and it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. All right, so let's walk through this first part, okay? The first part is a corporate address to the group, to the church, brothers, plural, everybody. In our gathering, listen to this. Here's what he's saying. If anyone is caught in any transgression, we talked about what that word caught means. Doesn't mean you were necessarily looking for it. It's like you're running and your, your ankle catches a hole and you sprain your ankle. You get stuck in a trap, all right? But it's still something that it happened to you. It hurts, it's painful, it's sinful because it's a transgression. It's something you did wrong. So if anyone has has found themselves caught up in sin, tangled up in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. So the instruction is when you find someone caught up in sin in the church, those filled with the spirit of God should do what Jesus did to people who were caught in sin and walked gently with them for the purpose of restoration. I think we do a great job of policing sin. I don't think we do a good job of restoring. I think we need to do a better job of restoring, church. If you were in life group this past week, um, it, the, the curriculum had this example about who would you rather catch you, okay? A bunch of savages catch you in a net or a bunch of medical doctors ready to restore you from your fall. It's, it's very clear what you want. You want the people with your best interest catching you. All right, if you catch someone in a transgression, church, if you catch somebody in sin, restore them gently, all right? That's what this is saying. Now, the word though here, the first word we're introduced to is this word burden, all right? Bear one another's burdens. And that's one of the words I wanna talk about tonight 
So when you see this word burden, um, when you're reading scripture, burden comes up quite a few times. But in this instance, it's talking about a hardship. It's talking about an experience that's heavy, all right? Maybe directly due to sin, maybe indirectly just because of the curse of sin that's played out through life. You experience death in your life and it hurts. Okay, that's a burden that's meant to be shared. You experience a relationship that, that goes south, a divorce. You, re, you, you experience something awful that happens at work. The heaviness of life, all of those hardships are meant to be shared. And then as you continue to read through this, though, there's another word at the very end. It says, let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. That word, if you go back to the original text that it was written in, is a word that sometimes gets translated as burden as well. But it's not the burden of hardship. It is our responsibility or the cargo that we bear. So I've got my backpack. You're wondering why this is here, okay? One of my hobbies is to go backpacking. This backpack, fortunately, is not at full weight. It's 20 pounds. If I'm packed for a trip, I'm probably going to be closer to 40 because uh, I like to carry a lot of food. So this backpack, when we're reading the scripture and we get down to verse number five, and it says this, it says, his reason to boast will not be in, him, or will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. The load that we are to bear, the best way to understand it is like a backpack that we wear. Now, when I go backpacking and I put this thing on, there's a couple of common understandings of, among the crew that's going. Number one, I am responsible for my load, okay? I'm responsible for my tents, for my food, for my clothes, for anything that I'm in, any essential thing is in this bag. I've got my tent, I've got my sleeping bag, I've got my water filtration, whatever I need that's my cargo, I've got it, okay? But there's another understanding that's very important is that I want my load to be as light as possible. The heavier that my load is, okay, the more, the more painful the journey's gonna be, the more stressful it's gonna be, but it's also gonna be a whole lot harder for me to help lift a burden of someone else if I'm maxed out, all right? So, I've got some friends that I go, uh, that I go backpacking with, and um, it was actually a trip I wasn't able to make, but on the trip, uh, one, of our, one of our friends got hurt, right? And it's typical, man. There's always something. The, the, one of the last times I went backpacking, I had some like weird kidney stone junk, and like it was just no good, all right? It was no good. I needed some people to help bear some burdens for me um, on that trip, but here's what happens. If I go, there's a, there's a third thing that's really important. Is the man, we're all gonna reach the summit together. We're all gonna reach our destination. No man's gonna get left behind. But what begins to happen is this. As we begin to hike, things happen. So somebody gets a blister. They wear the wrong shoes, they get a blister on their foot. They step in, in water, they, you know, something happens. It gets, it gets cold, their, their feet are hurting, they sprain their ankle, whatever. And so we begin to step in. But when that happens, what the crew does is takes all the stuff out of, out of that person's pack, displaces it among the whole group, and then 
they, they grab the other person that's hurting and they shoulder them and they help limp them to camp. Then they wrap their foot up, help restore them so that they can go back to their cargo, put it back on and continue to bear their own load. So as we begin to process what the scripture is saying, it says, let each one test his own work. Again, the test is that you can actually carry the load, reach the summit. What we like to do, though, when we test ourselves is compare ourselves to one another. That is not what he's talking about. That's why he says it's not about us looking at one another to see how well they're doing with their load or sitting and say, hey, listen, I can hold 50 pounds in my bag and you can only do 20 or 30 or 40 or whatever. It's not about that. It's that we can actually bear the load, finish the race. But the picture, I think, that really sums this thing up is that if my pack is light, then I can take some of your pack and we can take it and we can divvy it out and everybody's pack can displace that weight so that you can be restored. But if I am in my life and I'm so full and so heavy and my cargo, my responsibility is so much that when I'm given this instruction to restore another brother, I say, no way. I got too much on my plate. That's what we say. Too much on my plate. And some of us need to empty our plates, you know? Some of us need to get some of these camping plates, these little small ones, and stick with that. We need to, we need to replan our meals if we got too much on our plate to bear a brother's burden. And so as we begin to process out this scripture... And we think about what it means, though. What Jesus tells us about this load is that he will actually help us. And so I'm going to take this off so that I'm not out of breath because I'm out of shape. I don't even have my food in it. All right. So here's, here's what Jesus says. So we, we're going to chase a word through Scripture. It's always fun to do that. Um, and there's some really cool resources that we have that help us find the original word that was used, and then we get to follow it through Scripture. This one only occurs a few times. So the word that we got translated as load, that means cargo, is the same word that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 11. So that's where we're going next. Matthew 11, verse 28 says this, "'Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.'" Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word that translates to burden is the same word that translates to cargo. What that means is Jesus is saying that my responsibility, when you step into the kingdom and you step into my salvation, Whenever you're at the point where you're finally like, listen, I'm tired, this is heavy, there's too much on my plate, I can't bear this anymore, and you go to Jesus, what Jesus says is now the cargo is completely different. The weight is displaced now among the church, among his shoulders, and now you are actually lighter. So here's... As we process this out, all right, I'm sitting there the other day. I get invited to go on another backpacking trip, all right? Again, I enjoy it, but that pack, packed down with the supplies that I currently take, weighs about 50-something pounds. And I don't know if you know what 50 pounds feels like strapped on your back for 15 miles, but it's a lot. And I sat there to my friend the other day, 
And, and he invited me to go on a 60-mile hike where we are going to do 15 miles a day. And I was like, man, I don't know if I can swing that. He said two things to me that were super profound. First thing that he said is this. He says, I have different paces that I can go, first of all. So if we need to slow down, we can. But the second thing he told me is this. He said, your pack's too heavy. Your pack's too heavy. He said, I can cut your weight. He said, what is your, what is your pack weight? I said, about 50 pounds. He said, I can get you down to 22. True story. All right? But here's the reality in our life. Jesus is saying something to us very similar. He says, come to me, all who are weary, heavy laden, all who labor, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, here's what a yoke is, okay? A yoke is meant to take two animals, two oxen that are sitting there, that are working a field of similar strengths and yoke them together, bind them together, connect them so that they can pull one thing and that they can get the work done, all right? Now, when Jesus talks about this, when his instruction is for us to take his yoke upon ourselves, what that means is, is Jesus is the other thing we're yoked to. Now, if you were to take a calf and you were to take a bull and yoke them together, the bull is going to drag the calf, break its neck, and they're not going to get any work done, okay? And they're not going to pull straight. It's not going to be good for anybody, okay? However, Jesus tells us something very important because Jesus is strong. He has infinite strength, infinite wisdom, infinite power to bear the load, he says, you can take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I'm gentle and lowly in heart. So when my friend told me, hey, man, you know what? I got different speeds I can go. You know, if we need to do seven miles instead of 15, we can do seven. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. I think a lot of times we have this impression of God that number one, he's sitting there with his arms crossed dumping you know, this bucket of heaviness on us, testing us. I want you to know that Jesus is there with us in all of this testing. God, once we are in Christ, he never removes himself from us. He never removes the power of his spirit from us and just sit and say, all right, let's just see how strong you are. See what you can do. In Christ, yoked with him, he is gentle and he is lowly. And that's how he teaches us. He goes at your pace. And he says, you will find rest for your souls. Why are we able to find rest? Because this heavy weight that I'm carrying is now displaced on his shoulders. Okay? And then he says this, my yoke is easy. That word easy means easy. <laughs> okay? Easy means easy. His, his yoke, being partnered with Jesus, is easy and his burden is light, which is the opposite of my yoke is hard and walking with me is heavy. And I've had to really check myself when I sit here and say, man, life is just heavy. Man, it's just heavy right now. Man, I'm just, I just feel heavy. I'm just burdened, just stressed out. I'm yoked with Jesus. He's carrying all the weight. This isn't heavy. 
And so as I begin to think about that and that invitation that he gives us to yoke ourselves with him, there's something that's very crucial that happens in verse 28. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me. Y'all, one of the things that hit me so hard as I was sitting there reading this, and as I begin to hear the Father's heart about bearing our load, like I was sitting there, I was praying through it, and all of a sudden this flood came through, and I, I began to, to hear the words of Psalm 55, 22. It says, cast your burden on the Lord. What does it say after that? And he will sustain you. Take that burden of hardship, lay it on the Lord. Because I begin to think, man, there's some burdens that I'm okay with God carrying. But a lot of times when I think about my personal sin, I begin to feel like, you know what, man? I just need to stay stuck here for a little bit. I need to crawl back into my introverted hole for a little bit and just sit. I need to withdraw from people a little bit and punish myself because I messed up and I need to sit in this right now. And I'm here to tell you that God invites us to take our burden, even the burden of hardship due to our own personal sin, and still cast that on his shoulders. That's what happened on the cross, was he bore the weight of the sins of the world. But we have to take that personally, too. He bore the weight of my sin. And y'all, I think there's a lot of people not moving and shaking in the kingdom, not going out and being obedient and doing things because they feel stuck. They feel heavy. They feel like their plate's got too much. And we just need to go back to the Father and say, hey, hey, Jesus, first of all, thank you for carrying this, but should we repack my bag? Like, do I have too much in it? Like, am I, am I carrying something that I'm not even supposed to be carrying right now? And when it comes to sin, when it comes to sin, y'all, the enemy wants you to stay isolated by yourself, stuck, not moving. He does not want you to speak the good news of Jesus. He does not want you to share the gospel with lost people. He does not want you to go and be free. He does not want you to experience joy, hope, peace, or any of those things. But that's what the Spirit dumps out freely. Step into that. That's yours to receive. That's the beautiful gift of grace. That's for us to be fueled in. I just need you to know this. God doesn't want you to be heavy. Yes, does he discipline those he loves? Absolutely. Do we have responsibility? Yes. And does he say he's going to help us with every responsibility? Yes. Yes, he does. He means to carry it with you, for you. But in our pride, y'all, that hurts. Because I want to be strong enough on my own. And when we can admit that I am weak, that's where we get to see his strength magnified. When I can sit here and say, God, you know what? I got a lot of things, and I like to be the man, but I'm not. Then I can begin to step into his help. So he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. If you know that you're weary and you're heavy laden, when you meet Jesus, you say, Jesus, help me. And that's what I did. I went before the king this week, and it just, it just hit me like just this flood, like, okay, God, help me. Help me. And he began to continue to wash my mind, my soul with truth. But I want you to know right now, it's absolutely okay for you to ask Jesus to help you. But here's another thing. When you think about Jesus and your relationship with the church, and we go back to Galatians and think about bearing one another's burdens, 
If we are yoked with Jesus and the church is the body of Christ, you know what I believe? I believe the way that God will oftentimes displace the weight is through the body, through the church. So when we come to Jesus and we experience this light yoke of Jesus, this this easy way, and we say, God, help me, I also believe that it's equally important that we share that with those that we trust in our life, in the church, in your life group, wherever they might be, small groups, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call your brother or sister in Christ, that you go to them too and say, I need your help. Because it's very important that we confess that. Because what you're going to find is you make that confession that I need help is that every single other person on the planet needs it too. And once that gets out, once you let that out and the reality comes in that I am heavy and I need to feel light, I need to experience burdens gone, I need help, then the church can actually step in and do something. Then Jesus steps in and he says, hey, listen, I got you. I've had you this whole time. Half the weight, I would say the majority of the weight is mental weight. It's emotional weight. It's the weight of just not trusting his joy. It's the weight of not just believing what Jesus says, of not moving in faith, that we add all this stuff to us. And so as we chase the word, like I said, we're going to chase the word load. This is the other part where it pops up. It's in uh, Matthew chapter 23, verses one through four. This time, Jesus is actually rebuking people. So he's giving this sweet encouragement to his, to his followers in Matthew 11. Now he's rebuking his, uh, th- these Pharisees. Listen to what it says in verse one of chapter 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works that they do. Now that burns right there, okay? For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. Y'all, there are things that through religious practice... He said, listen, these Pharisees, they started off okay, okay? If anything that you hear them say from from what Moses said, we're good. But the actions that follow don't line up at all. And he says they're heaping these heavy things, these heavy religious things on people's shoulders. And they're not even lifting a finger to help displace that weight. Y'all, there's things that's happened in our religion and in our in our, our religious desire, our pride, even good intentions, where we've added things to our pack that we don't need, that Jesus is already carrying. And we add this heavy load. And I just want to ask you guys tonight, man, would, would you just ask God to help sort through some things in your mind and your heart? Because I want to I wanna just know how many of the things that feel so heavy to you are things that Jesus never said you were supposed to pick up. Because here's the reality. If the Lord leads you to pick something up and to put it in your responsibility, in your cargo, he's already decided he's carrying it. He's already figured out how the weight's going to work out. And it's still going to be an easy 
task for you in the grand scheme of things. And it feels wrong, y'all. It feels so wrong talking about following Jesus being easy because the reality, he tells us to take up our cross, follow him. He leads us to the end of ourself. But once we get to the end of ourself and the beginning of Jesus' strength, that's where the easy comes from. That's where the peace comes from. That's where the feeling comes from. That's where the lightness comes from where we can actually bless somebody else. So as we think through this, I want you to just heed that warning that Jesus gave to his disciples about these religious things that we add to our life that makes us so heavy. Because y'all, man, we still do it today. I mean, it's, it's very easy for you to sit here and say, okay, here's what the word says. I'm supposed to love the Lord God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, love my neighbor as myself, right? The great commandment. It's very easy to take that great commandment and then sit there and begin to add other things to that great commandment. That's what happened in the Old Testament. We look at the Pharisees and we're like, man, shame on you. But the reality was is that it started with good intentions. You know? It started off as Sunday school to take people and help people that didn't have education and needed to know the gospel and give them a little bit of education and turned into an idol we worshiped. And you know what I'm saying? Like things like that happen. And and I just want you guys to know that there's things that happen in our life. There's things that we feel burdened by, that we feel heavy by. And it's these religious pursuits that Jesus already freed us from. It would be the same thing of of, of God taking our burdens, casting them as far as the east is from the west, and us picking up another rock and throw it in here. He said, you know what? I'm just going to add it back. I still think I need to carry it. He's like, no, no, I got rid of it. I lightened the load for you. Yeah, but I deserve to be a little bit heavier. I need a little bit stronger shoulders, you know? I need my deltoids to stick out just a little bit more, Jesus. It's like, no, no. It's It's not what he called us to. So as we put all this stuff together tonight, if it feels heavy to you to bear one another's burdens because you feel like you got so much on your plate tonight, I just wanna invite you to ask for help and ask someone else for help. In other words, God, help me. Father, help me. Jesus, help me are the saving words that we all cry out once we realize that we are lost in need of a savior. If you've been walking with Jesus for a long time and you still are at this place tonight where you're like, man, I just, dude, I'm like like those Pharisees, man. I've heaped up these heavy things and I'm placing them on my shoulders and other people's shoulders. Ask for forgiveness. Confess that. You know what? If the word says, First John, that he does when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive them. Y'all, we need a culture of confession. I think that's why restoration is such a thing that we struggle with is because not enough people confess. We think there's only like one or two people that actually really mess it up. Y'all, we all really mess it up. We all really need the salvation of Jesus. There's not one person that doesn't need the salvation of Jesus any more, any less than the next. So as we just come to this common denominator tonight, would you, would you ask the Father for help? Would you ask him for help? I believe that it's at that place 
where he meets us and he takes this pack and he picks it up. He starts emptying it out, repacks it for us. He places it on his shoulders and he says, here, just hold my hand. Let's go. It's easy. It's light. Come on, let's go. Let's go. And you're like, you're like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can do, I don't know if I can do 15 miles. That's cool. We'll go seven today. Let's go. I'm gentle. I'm lowly in heart. May our, may our perception of the Father be nothing more or less than what the Word says about Him. May, may we know this today that the King smiles, that He looks upon us with love, that He sings songs of rejoicing over us. May, may, may we know that when we are in Christ, we are a son or a daughter. And as a son or a daughter, the Father knows what we need he's got this he's a shield around us protecting us the word says is that nothing can take us out of his hand that's the security that we have in knowing Jesus nothing's gonna take you from him and let's just let the truth flood our hearts and minds tonight right now I want to invite you just for a moment just to pray we're gonna have just a, a moment where we ask the king for help but what I want to encourage you to do tonight, if you're feeling heavy, is that before you go home tonight, send somebody a text. Reach out to someone. I don't care what level of leadership you are, where you're at. Tell them, hey, listen, man, I, just, I need help with this in my life. And let's bear these burdens together. Let's walk together. Father, we need you. Oh, forgive us for thinking we don't, God. <laughs> Thank you for being gentle with us. For not being harsh, but for being gentle and lowly in heart. God, for sitting there and seeing our life and all the things that make up our life, God, all these things that feel so heavy, that feel so burdened and, and just, just like weighing us down. God, may, may you remind us that you've already taken care of this sin. And as far as our responsibility goes, you're right there to hold our hand to gently walk with us, God. Lord, may we continue to step into this easiness, God. Yes, we know persecution will come, God. Yes, we know that there are people that would like to take our life because of the joy and our allegiance to Jesus Christ, God. That may happen. But Lord, may our soul and our spirit be light as a feather, God. May our mind be as free as can be, Father, knowing, knowing that you have taken care of all that weight. And so, God, we shift the weight of worship to you, know, God, that you carry it all on your shoulders. I'm not capable of it, so I don't need to be worshiped, but you are. You need all the worship. You deserve all the glory and all the praise. So, God, now as we come before you in song and we declare the song of dependency, saying, Father, I need you. Would you continue to free us? Continue to free us today, God. May we walk in freedom and the truth of your word. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. 
name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, let's stand and declare this together.